Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zerah Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. The last several weeks, we've been focusing in on judgment. And judgment is a necessary part of God's work. And we need to embrace that, acknowledge that, and teach that. I'm amazed at these individuals who say that they want to focus upon the Gospels, but they never speak about judgment when so many of the parables, so many of the teachings of Messiah focus in on judgment. As I said, judgment is necessary because judgment put things in order, godly order. It removes that which is evil, that which is contrary to the things of God. Now, in the passage that we're going to focus in on in this time of study, the last part of Joshua chapter 10. So I would invite you to take out your Bible and look there again. This is our third week in Joshua chapter 10. We see judgment over and over. And here, the emphasis is on a thorough or complete judgment, judgment in its entirety. And I made mention last week that there was a word that Hasidic rabbis see connected to the kingdom. And I made mention that that word gives some kingdom implications for this chapter that we can learn about the kingdom how god's going to move in the last days now realize we're talking about and we'll see this clearly before we conclude our study this evening but we're going to see clearly how god gave possession of the land to his covenant people to israel what we would call today the Jewish people. And God's going to do that in the last days. And that that giving of the land is an outcome of judgment. It was true the first time under Joshua and is going to be true the second time under Joshua again. And Joshua is simply the English way of saying the Hebrew term Yeshua. So Joshua, the son of Nun, was used by God to conquer the land the first time. And Yeshua, the Son of God, is going to be the one who brings things together, who defeats the enemy for Israel to inherit the land. A necessary aspect to take place in order that the kingdom should come about. Well, we left off last week with God promising to deal with the enemies of his people in this way, to bring them to utter submissiveness and utter defeat. We saw how Joshua commanded the leaders to put their foot upon the throat of the enemy. And he says, such will God do to the enemies of the people, both in that age and especially, and perhaps more appropriately, 
in the last days. So look to me, look with me to where we concluded last week, Joshua chapter 10 and verse 28. And what we're seeing here is this complete, this utter, this thorough judgment, because it's only that thorough judgment that is going to bring things into the will of God, the order of God, so the purposes of God can be realized by you and me. Verse 28. And Makeda, Joshua took on that day. Now, there's that expression, and we're going to run into it several times in the last part of Joshua chapter 10. And I'm speaking about that Hebrew term, Beyom Ha-Hu. Beyom Ha-Hu, on that day, and it's a reference to Judgment Day, ultimately, that great Judgment Day. So here's another reference to kingdom implications. Even though this took place, as I said last week, 3,500 years ago, we learn principles from this event for the last days and the establishment of the kingdom of God. Look again at verse 28. And Makeda, Joshua took on that day, and he struck it with the mouth, meaning the, the edge of the sword. And it's king, and notice what he says. Remember that word, cherem. He utterly destroyed, completely. There was nothing spared whatsoever. All of this is a, a relevant truth in understanding the wrath of God in the last days. There's going to be no survivors of those who wanted to thwart the purposes of God. And I say this, but there will be that remnant of those who presumably will have a change of heart when they see God's judgment and how God deals faithfully with Israel. But notice what it says here. He utterly destroyed them and every nephesh, meaning every life. Most Bibles will say, and this is fine, every person which was in it, in that city of Makeda. And he did not allow to remain any survivor. And he did to the king of Makeda, just as he did to the king of Jericho. So we see that victory of Jericho was foundational. Now, now last night, I taught in a different location just about that battle of Jericho. And we learn from Jericho principles, principles of victory, that victory comes by means of the supernatural. What Joshua instructed the people to do, and of course, Joshua heard this from Hashem, from the Lord God of Israel, about the shofar and about the Ark of the Covenant and about how to proceed around Jericho for that Jericho would be utterly destroyed miraculously. And this is the same thing we're seeing here with that reference to the king of Jericho. Look now to verse 29. And Joshua passed and all Israel with him from Makeda to Livna. Now, this is an additional city. And it too is going to be taken and destroyed by Joshua because we're going to see that in this one day, imagine this, 
And one day, the land is going to be captured. Now, is it a total victory? Well, we'll see later on that the enemy is going to make an additional stand against Israel. But in essence, Israel gains control of the land on this day. Look at verse 29. And Joshua passed and all of Israel with him from Makeda to Livna. And he fought with Livna. A war. This word to fight is related to to make war. And verse 30 says, And the Lord gave also it, meaning this city, Livna, the Lord gave it also into the hand of Israel. Not just the city, but also its king. And he struck it, once again with the mouth, we would say with the edge of the sword. And every soul, every person which was in it. And again it says, and this is going to be repeated over and over to emphasize. And there did not remain in it any survivor. No survivor remained in this city. And he did to its king just as he did to the king of Jericho. Verse 31. And Joshua passed. And all of Israel with him from Livna to Lachish. And he camped against it and he fought against it. So once more, he set up camp against this town of Lachish, which is also an area. And he waged war against it. And notice what it says here in this text, verse verse 32, once more. The Lord, so important that we see that. It is not Joshua, but it's the Lord. Joshua is simply an obedient servant, a key to bringing about God's victory, an obedient servant. But we read here, verse 32, And the Lord gave Lachish into the hand of Israel, and he took it, that's literally what it says, he took it on the second day. And he smited, he struck it with the edge of the sword, every soul which was in it, according to all which he had done to Libna. So there's a consistency here, and it's important that we see this. These people, because they were opposed to the things of God, they all suffered the same consequences exactly. He did to one just like he did to the other. No respecter of persons. Doesn't matter who they are. Because they were not covenantally related to Israel or to the God of Israel. It brought about their total defeat and their their annihilation. Look now to verse 33. And then he went up to Horam, the king of Gezer. To help Lachish. So then, let me say that properly. Then the king Horam of Gezer went up to help Lachish. And what happened? We see that this king, again, wanted to thwart, wanted to be in opposition to the children of Israel. And Joshua struck him and his people until there did not remain to him a survivor. So none of the people that were related to this king, Horam, 
None of them survived. They were all put to death. Verse 34. And Joshua passed and all of Israel with him from the Chish to Eglon. And he camped, they camped literally against it. And they waged war against it. And notice verse 35. And he took it on that day, Beyom Hahu, again, that reference to judgment. Now, we see something. It doesn't matter who the enemy is. It doesn't matter where the enemy is located. When God is giving victory, that victory will be complete. It will be thorough. And there will be no one able to stand against the purposes of God. God, in other words, and here's this a very important principle. God is fulfilling his promises by means of judgment. Now, I would encourage you sometime to read the book of Revelation and chapter 18, where there is praise in heaven for God's righteous judgment. And God's judgment brings about righteousness. Now, we see here that the term vengeance in the Greek language is also related to righteousness, bringing about that which is glorifying to God. This is what's happening here. So once again, look at verse 35. And they took it on that day, and he struck it with the, the edge of the sword. Every soul which was in it on, again, on that day, he utterly destroyed according to all which he had done to Achish. So again, that same action, that same methodology of putting to the sword. Now, in the Bible, putting one to the sword is not just killing them, but it's speaking about the consequence of rebelliousness. Meeting the sword is the outcome of rebelliousness. And therefore, look now at verse 36. And Joshua went up, and all of Israel with him, from Eglon. And where did he go? To Hebron. And they fought, that is, they waged war against it, this city, Hebron. And they took it, and they smite it, meaning they struck it down with the edge of the sword. Also, its king and all of its city, every soul which was in it. And he did not leave a survivor. According to all which he had done to Eglon, he utterly destroyed it, meaning destroyed Hebron. It's in the feminine, and city here is a feminine noun. He utterly destroyed it, that term harem, took nothing from it, utterly destroyed it, and every soul which was in it. Now, are you seeing the outcome? Every soul. This gives us insight. Do not believe in a misunderstanding of God's grace. There are those that speak about the love of God in a perverted way. That God is love. He is gracious. He is merciful. All of this is true. But in order to receive that, one must be in a covenantal relationship. And when one is not in a covenantal relationship, 
It is the outcome of rebelliousness. It's the outcome of not seeking God or rebelling against the truth of God. Either way, not seeking God because those who seek God will find Him. Those who are sincere in looking at creation and knowing there must be a creator. Seeing the order of creation, there must be an orderly God. Therefore, seeking this creator will lead one to find salvation. That's what Paul teaches in Romans. That's what we see in the book of of Proverbs in chapter 8. All of this confirms, yes, God is loving, God is gracious. But if you rebel and reject entering into a covenantal relationship with him, you are going to experience his wrath, a consuming wrath. And those who have no covenant, there will be no survivors. They are going to be cast out, outside. In fact, when we look at it in the Greek language, in the Gospels, Messiah says just that. They are going to be cast out, outside, into utter darkness, where there's going to be weeping, that is sorrow, sadness, regret, and also the gnashing of teeth, that is torment, being in agony because that soul is set on fire eternally in that lake that burns with fire and brimstone and sulfur. Look to where we left off, (laughs) verse 38. And Joshua returned, and all of Israel with him, and he went to Debir, or Debir. And once again, he fought against it, he waged war against it, and he took it. And not only did he take it, but also the king. Now, I hope you see that there is an emphasis throughout this third section, third and final section of Yahushua chapter 10. On the king why he's the leader he was the one in every circumstance he is the one that led the people and there's a message and that's this be careful who you are following and that also applies to believers there are many believers that are following an ungodly influence following people that may be popular that may be renowned, but they are false teachers. Therefore, realize the consequences. You can suffer for making poor decisions about who is your spiritual leader. Verse 38. And Joshua returned, and all of Israel with him to Debir. And it says here, he fought against it. And verse 39, he took it and its king and all of its city. And he struck them once more with the edge of the sword. And he utterly destroyed them. Harem, once more. He took nothing from it. He utterly destroyed all the people, old people, young people, children, women, made no difference. They all were put to death and all of their possessions was utterly destroyed. Every person which were in it. And he did not leave a survivor. 
How many times does that appear over and over? He did not leave. There did not remain any survivor. Just as he had done to Hebron, thus also he did to the beer and its king. Just as he had done to Libna and to its king. Verse 40. Now we see here this consistent judgment. No difference. Everyone is receiving the same thing. Why? Because they rejected that covenantal relationship. They did not when they had knowledge of God. And this is huge. God taught these people about himself. The fear of the Lord was upon them. But instead of this fear making them have God as the priority, they didn't have Yerat HaShemayim, but they had what's known as Pachad in Hebrew, which paralyzed them which caused them to remain idle and to not do anything but to rebel. And when we only rebel, we're also going to be those recipients of such a response from God. Verse 40, And Joshua struck all the land. I would emphasize this. He struck all the land, meaning he now became, with the children of Israel, the leaders of the land. Were there still those in opposition? Yes, we'll talk more about this next week and the week after. But for the most part, Israel is in control. They have taken possession of the land. They are ruling. And they're going to bring others into submissiveness or into utter destruction. Verse 40. And Joshua struck all the land, the mountain, meaning the mountain area, and also the Negev, the southern area, which is a, a desert, and the lowland, the Hashvelah, that is the coastal lowland, and also Ashshedot. These are these slopes that come down to the coastal plain. So also these mountain slopes, and all their kings there did not remain any survivor nor every flesh every soul in other words let me translate this right every soul he also he also utterly destroyed now you won't see this in your bible but there's a change because all throughout we saw nephesh, that word for soul. But here, there's a change. It says here in verse 40 at the end, vet koha neshema. Not nephesh, but neshema. Neshema is a higher degree. And they see the change here from nephesh to neshema as a hint to this, this destruction of not just physical life, but also spiritual life as well, which is utterly going to be destroyed with the wrath of God in the last days. It says, just as, and hear this, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded. Everything that Joshua did, he did out of obedience. And in that same way, Messiah is going to set things in order because when we look prophetically, 
that wrath of God in the last days is called the wrath of the Lamb. See, many people, they ignore that. They don't read the book of Revelation and they don't see that this wrath of God through these trumpet judgments, horrible things, and these bold judgments, even worse things, all of this is praiseworthy, horrible in the sense, the loss of life, the destruction, all of that. But it's glorious and praiseworthy because it is God's vindication. It is his vengeance upon those who were his enemies. And therefore, victory comes through judgment. And that's why, and I made mention Revelation 18, that is why the heavens praise God for his righteous judgment. Look again. It says, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Verse 41. And Joshua struck them from Kadesh Barnea, this entrance into the land from the, the Exodus, from Kadesh Barnea unto Azza, and all the land of Goshen unto Giv'on, which is near Jerusalem. So he's taking this land, and we're talking about the southern portion primarily but controlling this area gave them the upper hand over all the other inhabitants of the land of canaan and notice what it says here look again it says he took all of this land from kadesh barnea unto aza that is gaza unto the land of goshen which is around jerusalem as well as give on Verse 42, and all their kings, all these kings and their lands, Joshua took, how? At one time. Now, this is phenomenal. This judgment brought about God's victory at one time. And that one time is a day that's appointed. We see that prophetically in the scripture about how the land, a nation can be born in that land in one day. That was true in the past and it's true in our day when Israel was proclaimed in 1948. But there's also going to be that kingdom change that takes place when God says to Messiah to act. It's going to happen rapidly. That's why over and over in the scripture, when it speaks about the coming, and we're speaking about the second coming of Messiah, that word quickly is used many times, incorrectly translated soon, it should be quickly. He is going to bring change, a kingdom change through judgment very quickly. Look now again at verse 42. And all these kings and their land Joshua took at one time. For the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, for the Lord God of Israel, he fought for Israel. Did you hear that? God fought. Now, I see this in the scripture, and it takes me back to Exodus, to that great song of Moses, where it says that the Lord, the God of Israel, Ish Milchama, is a man of war. Why? 
war is necessary for a kingdom outcome realize that god will make war he will pour out his wrath and that is the only way the prophetic way for god's kingdom to be established so if our view of a wrathful god is in the past oh that's the old testament god only that's not in the new testament that is a false understanding of prophecy even new testament prophecy we see for example that god is going to to establish his kingdom by pouring out fire upon this world to burn away that which is evil but to refine that which is redeemed a very important principle consuming that which is non-covenantal has no new covenant with god and those who are in a new covenant hit that fire is going to be refining them so he is going to fight for israel this is all prophetic verse 43 our final verse and joshua returned and all of israel with him now i hope you saw that over and over in fact in almost every section in fact i don't know one that it wasn't the case when it speaks about him warring with a people going to a city to to issue forth judgment it says joshua passed vekol yisrael emo and all of israel with him now this shows unity and there's going to be ultimately in the last days unity between israel and yeshua that is messiah they're going to be brought to faith israel that remnant and it's only after being brought to faith that remnant then and only then will the kingdom of god be established now this last verse 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 43 is so important once more and joshua returned and all of israel with him to the camp but notice where this camp was this camp that was where at gilgal why is this so important this tells us something gilgal was a place of of circumcision that is this act that brought about the death of the flesh and put the flesh out of their sight buried this heap of foreskins and we see that it came together to us in the scripture in a passover context which is redemption so here we're seeing two things we're seeing here because gilgal is mentioned we're seeing the fact that god brings forth the outcome of redemption there is that payment for redemption padut but there is that outcome of that payment and that is giwala and giwala means redemption but the outcome of the payment the results and we're speaking about a redemptive result which is the establishment of the kingdom and all of this speaks one thing to us god bring things into his order god and we see that there's a transfer god is giving the land that belonged to the canaanites and all these people and all of these cities that dwelt within the land of canaan they are being destroyed and why are they being destroyed because they were not interested in a covenantal relationship 
they were retrobate because of their idolatrous practice they rejected the revelation of god and because of that we see judgment we see wrath we see god pouring out his power his authority upon these places and causing his covenant people to inherit let me conclude with this there's no inheritance without redemption realize that you will not receive the blessings of god you will not receive the promises of god the only way to take hold of blessings and promises these good things from god is if you have experienced redemption redemption through the blood of the lamb and that redemption works in our life to bring about the death of the flesh that we might live and walk in the spirit and how do we know we're living and walking in the spirit we are responding to the word of god that's what joshua did and that's what he brought the children of israel to do that that unity that that togetherness between him and them which brought about victory and it's ultimately our unity with messiah yeshua that's going to bring about that kingdom victory and the benefits of being a kingdom citizen so again we learn much about the last days about how god's going to respond in the end times and what he did 3500 years ago in leading another yeshua joshua ben nun leading him to be the leader of the children of israel and taking possession of the inheritance what an important term inheritance are you living with that expectation that you have an inheritance in the kingdom of god faithfulness demands that you live with that understanding and that your life is pursuing activity that that bears witness and gives testimony that you have a kingdom inheritance well i'll close with that until next week shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org again to find out more about us please visit our website loveisrael.org there you will find articles and numerous other lectures by baruch these teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.